Y'all can do better than that. Give God a hand clap of praise in his house. Come on, y'all. Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Let's pray um, and ask God's blessing over our time as we prepare a very challenging uh, word this morning. God has really laid on our hearts to, to share. Let's pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth be as fire. Lord, let your people become as wood, that they may be consumed, convicted, challenged, changed, Lord, and ultimately converted unto you. Father, stand in my body, use my mouth and my mind to motivate your people to their God-given limitless potential. It is in Christ's name I do pray, and all the people of God said, amen. Amen. Just for a moment in your prayers, I want to put a tag on this text and title this message, Leading in Difficult Times. Leading in Difficult Times. I need to give you the context to help you celebrate the content. The Apostle Paul, the gospel globetrotter, the bald-headed, bow-legged Jew, writes this particular letter and epistle to his son in the ministry. Paul encourages Pastor Tim, his son, to remain faithful, unapologetic to the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. In difficult times, he says, come hell or high water, existentially, I need you to be faithful to the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. My man Andy Stanley said, assume that they're in the room. I have to assume that everybody under the sound of my voice doesn't know Jesus. Therefore, we have to come to a conclusion together. Today, we're going to suggest that there is one absolute truth that's going to help us get through these difficult times. A matter of fact, the epistle, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 3 and 16 says that all, shout all, all scripture, everything in the Bible has been inspired by God, literally, we're out. Pneumatology, if you will, breathed upon by the Holy Spirit for doctrine, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. What it's suggesting is that everything we need pertaining to life is found in God's word in times of difficulty. In other words, my man Warren Wisby says the Bible tells us what's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. I'm preaching. Y'all missing me real early. <laughs> Here it is. I'm not, I can't make this up. Uh, it is very clear that we must come to this conclusion because there's no reason for me to didactively, pedagogically, my bad, walk through the word of God verse by verse expositionally and we not on the same sheet of music or reading from the same sheet of music difficult times can only be dispelled and handled and handled properly when we come to the resolution and the conclusion that God is right and we are all the way wrong so the Apostle Paul, here it is. I know Cabot already helped us out. Uh, chapter 1, he gives an, a pastoral appeal. Uh, an appeal. You remember uh, in verse 7, he says, God has not given you the spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power. You got to say power like that. That's crazy. He's giving you a spirit of power. Say power and a sound mind. And so he gives this pastoral appeal to this young man in the ministry because he had some people. I know this ain't a Spring Life Church to get on your last nerve. That ain't, that ain't going on right here. But you got some people inside the congregation who get on your nerves and challenge you and all these other things. And he said, don't be scared. Uh, don't be afraid. He said, go ahead. He stirred up the gift in him and all that. Y'all remember that? 
Okay, all right, y'all rolling with me. Okay, good. So, so uh, in, in chapter 2, here it is. He gives a practical appeal in chapter 2. He says, um, be a workman not ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Y'all remember that? He said, don't be ashamed of that. Then chapter 3 is where we're at right now, where we're going to land. He gives a prophetic appeal. He is speaking eschatologically as well as eschatologically. Say thank you, preacher. Yeah, eschatologically, eschatos, last days. It's in our text. He says, but realize this in verse 1. He says that in the last days, difficult times might come. I got somebody reading. My baby know what's happening right there. I see, I see over there. You ain't got me up here by myself. He says, but realize this in the last days. Now, you have to understand this from a dispensation, from a standpoint of epoch or time period. The last days are when Jesus ascended and between time and meantime before he comes back, we are in the last days. Somebody say last days. So we're in the last days eschatologically uh, and we're experiencing hell eschatologically in the passage. They read it. It was crazy. It was not encouraging at all. Somebody say amen. Uh, they read the thing and I said, see, Cabot, we ain't even cool like that. We should have been reading a passage. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Who's tri- he, le- he always leads us in triumph. That's the one I wanted to preach. You know <laughs> he got me down here, you know. So, so, but, but, but chapter four, I'm giving y'all the context so you can, exp- so you can uh, celebrate the content. Uh, in, in chapter two, or chapter four, that last chapter, Paul says that I have fought the good fight of faith. Uh, I have finished my my course, I have kept the faith. In the future is laid for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord our God, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And he says, not only this, this is what shouted me because I wrote my name right in that passage. Not only me, he says, but to all those who loved his eschaton, his appearing, that Christ is coming back. Ain't that great right there? So he closed this thing out. Watch this. I, I know this to be true before I get to my passage, but... um. Um, if, if you really believe that Jesus was coming back, um, you, you wouldn't even flow in that passage right there, unforgiving, unloving, brutal. Like, if you really believe Jesus was coming back, uh, it would be crazy, right? If, you, if Christ was coming back, like we thought he really was coming back, like, in a few more minutes, wouldn't you be calling people on the phone and saying, I'm sorry, I appreciate you, I, I'm sorry I did that to you? You'd be real loving, real. It wouldn't be hard for you to obey the word of God if you thought he was really coming back, right? And so this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, man, Christ is coming back, whether we believe it or not or think it or not, Christ is coming back. In other words, Pastor Timothy, I need you to be pastoring, leading stuff uh, is about to get extremely difficult. He says this, this pastoring and leading stuff is about to get extremely difficult for you. There's no easy way to say it. It's about to go down. Now, if I was back at the church, they would knew I was talking about Kevin Hart. It's about to go down. Right, they even knew I was talking about that right there. But this is what he says. He says to, to Tim, he said, Pastor Tim, man, I know things are crazy. I know things are going forth. But there is going to be no easy button for you to push. Uh, there's no easy button. It's going to be very, very difficult to shepherd and lead and pastor people through these difficult times. There will be politicians who get up and claim Jesus, and we flow with that. Whether it's Obama or Trump, doesn't matter. We flow, right? And so he says it's going to be difficult times. Don't get it twisted. Don't be confused. Don't be, don't be undiscerning. But I need you to understand this. It will not be an easy button. Y'all know the red easy button. Y'all seen those infomercials with the red easy button? And see, we think we can just press an easy button. He said, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be extremely difficult in the last days. But here's how it is. He said, the easy button can't fix it, but a red, let, red yellow Bible can. Are y'all hearing what I just said? <laughs> let me get some water. I'm going to give y'all my first point. I'm getting out y'all way. Say, go ahead, preacher. Go ahead. 
Here it is. Leading in difficult times require us, number one, to realize. To realize. Chat verse one says, but realize this, in the last days, difficult times might come. Y'all ain't following with me yet. I'm, I'm telling y'all, I'm going to keep playing with y'all until y'all get this thing. Here it is. He says, in the last days, difficult times will come. So realize, he says realize. Realize literally means to understand, to have a clear, precise understanding of reality. It's where we become aware of the current conditions that we're facing. In other words, he says, I need you to call a spade a spade. If it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. In order to lead effectively in difficult times, we need to have a discerning spirit. Say discerning. It means you have to have a discerning spirit. Uh, in other words, uh, you, you have to know what's truth in, other than, uh, in order to know what's not. So you, in order to be able to identify what's counterfeit, you have to know what real, real looks like. You have to understand what it really looks like. Uh, and so he says we have to be discerning. We need to be praying, and we need to have knowledge. We need to have understanding, and we need to have wisdom. I love this, what Second Chronicles 12.32 says. It says, the sons of Issachar, man understood their times with knowledge and understanding and told Israel what all they should do. In other words, he said they had a knowledge they had an understanding, and they had wisdom. In this time, men and women, not just pastors, followers, leadership and fellowship, we're going to have to have a more discerning spirit in these difficult times. Um, he literally says we need to be like the sons of Issachar, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Uh, y'all tripping. Okay. Um, just imagine you in a fiery building, and the building is on fire. You inside of that thing. You have a knowledge that the building is on fire. Also, you start to understand, if I don't get up out this thing, uh, it's about to be over. So you look out in your periphery and you see a window. The window suggests to you and to me, it's getting hot in here. And so I have a knowledge that it's getting hot. I understand if I don't go through that window, I'm going to burn. But if I just have knowledge and understanding, but I don't appropriate the knowledge and understanding... I'm going to die. So knowledge and understanding is not uh, fully fulfilled until I jump out the window. What are you trying to say, preacher? And so in these times, we get a knowledge of what's going on. We need to understand. But wisdom is actually appropriating the knowledge we have. And God says uh, we need to be as leaders, as we're leading our families, as we're leading churches. We're going to have to get the knowledge, the understanding, and we're going to have people walk in the things that they understand. Somebody say amen. Okay, so he says difficult times. Reportedly, here it is. Anybody know about my man Kanye West? Look, y'all know about that. Okay, reportedly. <laughs> reportedly, there is a movement going on in our nation. Hip-hop artists are getting saved and holding Sunday services without prayer. Don't miss it. Preaching only passionate praise led by emotions. Mega churches are allowing icons to come in and lead worship and praise, i.e. new birth and Lakewood. In a real sense, Christianity is being redefined and reimagined by thousands. Spirit and truth are no longer requirements for authentic worship. Matter of fact, John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must Worship him in spirit and in truth. In a real sense, we can't judge righteously because we don't know what the judge has said. 
nor have we obeyed his voice. Are y'all hearing what I just said? He says, those who come to God and worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth, the right heart with the right information. And so he says, Jesus said, in order for us to have a discerning spirit in these difficult times, realize this, that in last days, difficult times will come. I'm trying to build my argument so y'all flow with me. He says, in in order for us to be able to rightly discern, some of us got so much stuff in our lives, we can't discern. That's why we're so happy that these celebrities are getting saved because it seems as though God is more powerful to save them than he is powerful to save you. And the last time I checked, his salvation ain't no greater than my salvation. Are y'all just hearing what I just said? And so... Jesus said, remove the sin from your life so you can help others remove the sin from their life. And I hear y'all saying, man, don't be trying to judge Kanye. We're just happy he's saved. Don't be trying to do judge celebrities. Uh, he, he, God can save anybody. Here it is. Uh, the Bible says we need to be discerning and judge the situation for what it is. If it quacks like a duck, it walks like a duck. If they deny Jesus, they deny Jesus. If they made a covenant with the devil, they made a covenant with the devil. I'm preaching and y'all not helping me. Here it is. Uh, Jesus said, remove the things that are blocking the blessings from your life so you can help others. That's what he says. He says, he doesn't say we can't judge a situation and judge what's going on. He says, in order for us to righteously judge, we have to get our lives clean so we can see better. Am I making sense today? But the problem is we don't know what the judge has said to hand down a verdict. Are y'all hearing what I just said? Okay, my son, my youngest son, Elijah, I'm almost done uh, already. I got nine verses to preach. It ain't about to happen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to throw a homiletical stone at the rest of the stuff. But my, but my, but my youngest boy, Elijah, uh, called me the other day, and he said, Daddy, I need you to pray for me. And I said, what's going on? He said, I need you to pray for me. I got to take the I step. I got to take this test, and I need you to pray for me. And I said, uh, man, I got you, man. How, how, did you study? Did you think? He said, no, I didn't study. I just need you to, to pray that the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance the things I didn't study. (laughs) And see, that's many of us, if not all of us, we can't judge politicians, we can't judge policies, we can't judge our culture, we can't judge difficult times because we don't know what the king has said. And so when the test of times come, we don't have anything for God to bring back to our remembrance. Somebody say, ouch. Do y'all know we the most biblically illiterate culture of, of this particular age? How is it that we're so illiterate, just emotionally driven and not biblically driven? He says, realize this, for man will be. Say will be. Now, this word be is, 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 is describing that they will have a state of being. This, this will be a lifestyle uh, that's undeniable. In other words, he's talking about man that will go into a level of apostate. They will literally renounce and denounce the faith that this is going to happen. He said man will literally uh, seem like they walking with Jesus and then all of a sudden, they'll switch, do a switcheroo on you. You didn't even see it coming. You, it's, it's an apostate. They begin to once proclaim Jesus, but then they begin to denounce Jesus. So I've discovered you can proclaim Jesus and not actually possess Jesus. So he says it's going to be man uh, that will be in a state of being 
that will flow from 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11. He says, do you not know, oida, that right the right, the unrighteous, those who practice evil, will not inherit the kingdom of God? He says this, do not be deceived. Say, realize this. Maya Angelou said it like this. He says, once somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah, this is, okay. He said, and here's the, here's, the, here's the piece that helps us not be judgmental when we see what's going on in our culture, these difficult times, these reprobate people who are, who are practicing this litany and list of ungodly practices. In verse 11, the apostle Paul says it like this. People who are practicing stuff. Are y'all flowing with me? He says, say, teach, teach pastor. Okay, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. Amen. Verse 11 says, such were some of you. Such were some of you. So, so it, it, the crazy thing is I'm not being judgmental about anybody's conversion in the context we're in. The thing is that I realized that I was just like that. Somebody say, I was. Now, anybody say, y'all say right now, right? Any of y'all family members come up to you uh, and, and like you, they, 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 when you try to correct them and you try to help them get, get on the right path of righteousness and stuff, and they say, you used to, you used to do that? They try to bring up, the, do you understand that, that phrase, you used to? Such were some of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I used to do that, but I'm not doing that no more. Are y'all hearing what I just said? So he, so he says, so such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been sanctified. See, you should have gave me this verse to preach. You've been sanctified, but you've been justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of God. Verse 19 says, do you not know, oida, this is no, realize, that your body is the temple of the living God, the Holy Spirit, which you've been bought. It's not of your own, but it actually belongs to God and was bought by a price. So therefore glorify God in your body. Preacher, why are you reading that? Because it, it suggests uh, that, 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 that you are not your own. Richard J. Foster says it like this in his book, uh, Celebration of Discipline, states, Jesus calls us to self-denial without self-hatred. Self-denial is simply a way of coming to your own understanding that you are not your own, but you belong to Jesus. Our happiness is not dependent upon getting our way. But our happiness is depend on God doing everything for us. I believe God is more concerned with our character than our circumstances. Matthew 10, 38 says in 39 says it like this. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has loses his life may find it for my sake. That's a paradoxical statement. Here it is. Matthew 8, 34 says, if any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, follow me at daily. This is radical amputation. So number one, he says, realize this, that there will be some people who look like they flowing. Man, but this is what's really going down. He says, realize this, that they will be man that will be lovers of self. Now, this is crazy. Um, any, anybody watch Oprah and Dr. Phil? Yeah, y'all. So um, this, so... Um, I've been told that God wants me um, to love him, love myself, and love others. And it was not until I loved myself um, that I could love others. Anybody understand that? Y'all agree with me right there? That's wrong. The, 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 Bible, the Bible actually tells you to deny yourself. And the reason why um, we are not loving, because we haven't experienced the love of God, and the reason we're, we're not loving and love ourselves more than we ought to, uh, and here's the thing, check this out, um, the, the, all of these particular fruits are negative. Didn't he say in the last days, reprobate folk 
will love themselves. The Bible already concludes that he says, love the Lord God with all thy heart, mind, spirit, and soul, the whole totality of your being, and then love your neighbors like you love yourself. Because he already assumes you love yourself. Somebody say amen. So this is not self-worth. That's a different thing, self-worth. A miracle of God, never to be repeated miracle of God. So self-worth. I'm teaching. Y'all messing with me. He says a, a, never, a never to be repeated miracle of God, that's self-worth. So he says lovers of self. That's the problem. In the last days, people would be so infatuated with themselves that they care about themselves more than they care about anything. Uh, they will do whatever it takes to please themselves. They don't care about you. That's why divorce rates are so high, because it's really not a sacrificial thing about you. It's more about me. I ain't happy. Somebody say, I ain't happy. I ain't happy. We, I'm tired of being I, I, me, me. Are y'all hearing what I just said? You love yourself so much. So he says, really this, man, first of all, if we're going to lead in difficult times, we must realize that this is about to go down. Two, we're going to have to repent of this. Somebody say repent. For the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, I'm making my thing plain. It says, and my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will they hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sins. Then will I heal their land. Lovers of self clearly is a commandment that God doesn't want us to do. At the end of the day, the Bible is clearly stating that in these litany list of sin, he wants us to reject this thing and repent of this thing and remove ourselves from this thing. Can I give y'all just the... I'm going to read it again, all these sins. Check this out. It says, lovers of money in the last days, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Boy, y'all should have shouted right there. <laughs> if y'all didn't believe the Bible, y'all believe it now. Diso Anybody got kids? This entitlement thing going on? It, okay, okay. Uh, Kids are just ungrateful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you, that's the ungrateful. So, so this relational piece, this, if you look at the passage, it's really speaking of family. It really, when it says unloving, it's talking about family relationships. So in the sense of family, unloving, ungrateful. Um, uh, my child, my youngest boy, um, we, we packed, my wife and I went to the grocery store. Uh, we packed out the cupboards. We put all the food in there. We had everything he needed, all the substance he needed. And, uh, and, and so he called us. We were on our way home. My youngest boy, Eli, he called me and said, Dad, pick me up something to eat. I said, um, is food in the, is, we bought food already. And he immediately complained and said, I don't want that food. I promise, I promise when I got home, I took care of everything <laughs> that needed to, to be taken care of. But I'm just saying the, the entitlement, ungrateful. We are experiencing this. And he says, this is for us to lead well, uh, we're going to get to a place of repentance of these things. He says, they are ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, unforgiving, just will not forgive, holding themselves in bondage. Y'all know this what forgiveness is. You're the one that ain't being set free. And so he says, unforgiveness, malicious gossiping, without self-control, I just want to have it. I got to have it. What's good to me, I got to have it. Brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited. Now, I got to put the conceited part back in there because I saw a video of my man, Kanye. And this is not a dog, not being completely dogmatic with Kanye, but I saw a video of, of him. He did this very exact thing. You can see this. Uh, he was doing a Sunday service, and uh, he was walking through the crowd. And uh, first of all, he got these $200 T-shirts 
um, they, they, they're trash, but he got $200 sweatshirts and T-shirts that he sells at the particular con- concert, Lovers of Money. So he's walking. <laughs> so he's walking. Matter of fact, his album is number one. Great marketing. Um, so he, he walk, he's walking through the crowd, and uh, he says, cameraman, check this out. Watch this. He does like this like he's Moses, and he walks through the crowd, and he's just, watch this, look. He walks through the crowd spreads like this. If it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. He, 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 he walks through the crowd. That doesn't sound like somebody ha- who has denied themselves and taken up a cross and willing to follow Jesus. That, 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 that looks conceited to me. Now, if, 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 if that really happened, do you have enough discernment to say that doesn't look like a broken person? Anybody got saved recently? Like when you first got saved, they couldn't keep you out of church. Right? Now we can't get you to church. But, but he's walking through the crowd and he is conceit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He, like you're some type of God. Like people are going to move just off you doing your hands like that. This is evidence. Somebody say evidence. Then he says this, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I got to have it and I got to have it and I'm about to have it. Then verse 5 says, holding a form of godliness. Watch this. Although they deny the actual power to actually change. He says, avoid such man as this. So my first point is receive this, repent of this, and thirdly, here it is. I'm almost done, Cabot. Reject this. Somebody say reject this. It's right in the verse. It says, avoid such man as these. Can't we just sing kumbaya and get along? No. It says, avoid such man to have these particular attributes. And what I'm trying to tell you is some of us land in some of these things. Some of us are ungrateful. Some of us are unforgiving. Some of us like pleasure more than we love God. That's why I said we need to repent of it so we can see clearly to help others come out of it. Are y'all making, am I making sense today? Are y'all seeing my logic and my argument? Because I know you fall in some of those passages. Okay, let me read one. Lovers of self. Raise your hand. Ain't nobody going to lie. You know, see, you're <laughs> lovers of money. Okay, okay, yeah. So we fall in that. Amen, we all fall in that. Somebody say repent. Turn from. All right, that's how you're going to lead well in difficult times. And, and thirdly, reject this. Reject what? Folk who have a form of godliness but actually deny the very power of God to change. Like, it looked cute. It's religious. Religiosity, it looks real good. It looks good. Singing, dancing, praising, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That sounds great. They announcing Jesus great. Jesus said that in the last days, man will say, uh, Jesus, we did miracles in your name. We did all kind of stuff. And he said, I never knew you. There was, not, there was never a time I knew you. You did wonderful things. The crowds followed you. But I never knew you. Are you hearing what I just said? So if Jesus is saying that's going to happen... Don't you think we're, we're in, we could be in these particular times where we follow politicians, we follow celebrities claiming Jesus just to get elected and celebrities just to sell records? We got to be more wise than that. Somebody say wise. So watch this. Paul says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Neurologists suggest, it's crazy, the Apostle Paul is cold with it. I promise he's cold. Um, He says, neurologists suggest that you can actually create new paths of making decisions in your brain. 
So when Paul says you live by new information, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So he says, watch this. When you get new information and get renewed, not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing in your mind, so you approve what the will of God is and which is good and perfect and pleasant, then that and only then will you be able to make the right decisions and discern and reject folk who claim Jesus but don't actually possess Jesus. Am I making sense today? They look like Christians, but they deny the very power. How do you know that? By their behavior. Just sit back and watch. Just chill for a little bit. We're just super excited. Just sit back and chill. Be watchful, wait, and be patient. Not judgmental, but a little cautious. Can we be a little cautious? Um, if, if somebody gets saved, shouldn't it, uh, shouldn't it unite us? I, it's, it's, this situation is dividing Christians more than it's uniting Christians. Are y'all just hear what I just said? I got good friends that got mad at me and blocked me. It's cool. You just blocked your own blessing. I was about to hook you up, but you, you, you can block me. I don't care. Block me. <laughs> I got friends that block me, y'all, just because I don't agree with what they see. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm not saying he ain't saved. I'm just sitting back and watching. And then I just can't deny and denounce the behavior and activities that still that he's still doing even at the conversion. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Because I understand I got to go. How much time I got? 45 minutes. I can tell y'all not culturally astute. Because if you tell a black preacher, <laughs> take your time. And I got a few notes. And this ain't the rabbits I'm a chasing. The ad libs, the Holy Spirit walks down and gives me. But I understand this. Watch this. Belief versus behavior. Belief versus behavior. God says if your behavior doesn't change, if their behavior doesn't change, we need to avoid them. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. So we're not saying anybody who just gets saved needs to be all perfect. But there's some radical amputation that normally takes place with somebody who falls in love with Jesus. They get a little anemic and a little um, flippant at times. That's why we do communion to reel us back in. Uh, we, we get a little sideways sometimes, but it's, it's more about direction, not perfection. Are y'all hearing what I just said? And, and so uh, the text is implying that these false teachers have denied and lacked the power to change. They have replaced relationship with religiosity. In other words, we see no fruit. There's no need to follow. If we see no fruit, there's no need to follow. If your life hasn't been affected by the atonement, there's no need for me to connect with you. If I connect and get close to you, will my life be better or will my life be bitter? How can you help me if you've never been helped? I've, it's been suggested that hurt people hurt people, and I believe transform people transform people. Peter Wilson in his book, Plan B, says it like this. I believe there's a crisis in today's church, last days difficult times. It's a crisis of transformation. People are going to church listening to powerful messages by Pastor Taylor. <laughs> he didn't put that in there, but it, I thought I ad-libbed that. 
they're participating in programs, but they're not being transformed. Y'all know the bobbleheads, don't y'all? Bobbleheading. Bobbleheading and grins. But don't plan to do nothing with the information. Just bobbleheading and agreeing. No transformation. Here it is. We lack transformed people who lack transferable power. I got to say this. If y'all taking notes, you got to write this down because this is crazy. It took me a long time to develop this. Listen, it says, we lack transformed people who lack transferable power. In the last days, we need leaders. That's single parents. That's husbands. And here's the crazy thing. Can I just say this real quick? If the families would get their stuff together, wouldn't we have a more powerful community? If the families would get their stuff together, wouldn't we have a more powerful church? If the families would get their stuff together, wouldn't, wouldn't the government be shift and change? But we're trying to go to the government. We're trying to go to the stuff when we just need to take care of business at our own home. Are you hearing what I just said? Transferable power. So in the last days, we need leaders who would declare and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. We need leaders that have been transformed and have transferable power. Anybody got an iPhone? Raise your hand, you got an iPhone. You're going to hell. <laughs> my third boy, Herbert, no, my third boy, watch this. You, 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 y'all ain't making it in. Third, third. <laughs> this is how I'm going to tell y'all y'all ain't going to make it in. Y'all going to understand when I do this illustration. Watch this. Y'all ain't going to make it. So, <laughs> Cabot, here it is. Um, 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 my third boy, Herbert Norell Taylor IV, he, he, um, he's an iPhone user. So I'm at service the other day. We had service. Service is over. Uh, one of my members, he has a Galaxy S10 uh, crazy. I mean, Galaxy is just off banana split crazy. And so he has this Galaxy. He says, hey, pastor, um, I want to show you uh, what this Galaxy can do. Now, y'all already know where I'm going if you feel me real good. The Galaxy's battery actually has transferable power. Told you y'all going to hell. Look, so he, my son, who's an iPhone user, looks at this transaction. He's watching. I grab my phone, put my Galaxy over top of the other Galaxy, and my battery charges. I shouted. <laughs> so what you trying to tell me? As that the way that galaxy was designed, the battery that's in it, has the ability to transfer power to something that's depleted. Ugh, y'all are not helping me. <laughs> and because the way that galaxy has been designed and transformed, it has the ability to transfer the power to something else. My son wasn't really excited about that because the galaxy transformed the galaxy. But then he said, can it do mine too? Put your phone over it. He put the iPhone on top of the Galaxy, and his battery started to charge. He ran around the sanctuary. <laughs> I promise. And, and begin to tell others about this transferable power. Now, he's still going to hell because he has the iPhone. <laughs> but my point is... Is that God has designed us just like that galaxy and transformed us and put the Holy Spirit inside of us that is not just for you, but it's for others. And leaders in this particular dispensation need to be transformed so they can transfer that power that they've received from the power of the living God. 
Am I making sense? Say, that's good, preacher. My man Josh Wilson in his song says, that was then, this is now. And he says, I used to hide from the light, made friends with the night. I was healed or headed in the wrong direction, on the wrong way, on the wrong track, going nowhere fast. We got used to the dark. We thought this is who we are. We figured that we were just gone too far, but we were wrong because love came running like a river. We were caught, we, were got, we got washed to the water. Then he said, you're forgiven. Your sins are gone. That was then. This is now. You've bought by the blood, saved by the sun, the saints all sing about. That was lost. This is found. And it's time to say goodbye to your old way now. So go ahead. Put the past in the past. Box it up like an old photograph. You don't have to go back because that was then. This is now. Somebody say amen. I told you I'm going to throw homiletical stone at verses 6, 7, 8, 9. Give me two minutes. He says, they creep, slither like a snake into households. Say households. And they leave gullible women captive, weak women. It says, but the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.1, but the Spirit explicitly says in the last times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And so these silly women are led captive. My fourth point, I would say repel. Somebody say repel. In order for us to lead through difficult times, we have to repel this. Lastly, here's, his, here's the words of encouragement. I'm finally glad that I got to verse 9, 8, 9. It says this, but they will no longer progress further in their Situation. In other words, he says, but they will not make further progress, but their follies will be obvious to all. I like this. Somebody say rest. At the end of the day, once we realize we have to come to a resting place, that opposition is to be expected in these perilous times. Somebody say expected. We must rest in the sovereignty of God. We must press forward no matter what. God's promises in this passage that false teachers will be stopped and they will be exposed. We must walk by faith in these perilous times and ask God to give us a discerning spirit. My man Tony Evans says faith is acting like God is telling the truth. In, in order to lead with courage and boldness, we must accept and believe what God has said. Are y'all hearing what I said? Now I'm done. Um, I like to work out, as you can tell. <laughs> and when I bought this shirt originally, it was a little loose, but I like to work out. And my main motivation for getting myself together is not an outside thing. I don't need voices. I don't, I don't need anybody to, I don't need a, 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 like a, a challenge to start losing weight and getting in, in order. Some of y'all may need that. I don't need that. You know what's my main motivation, Cabot? The mirror. <laughs> Somebody say the mirror. the mirror. When I get up in the morning and I look at this thing that is unapologetic, that will tell me the truth <laughs> with an F on it the truth, the truth, right? 
I go in the thing. <laughs> I, I look at that thing, and I don't care how I move, what angle I move, what I try to do. The mirror never, like, it's unequivocal, unapologetic. It never moves. And that mirror reveals what needs to be adjusted, what needs to be removed, what needs to happen. The mirror does it. That's my motivation. Can I just help you real quick? The Bible says that God's word is likened unto a mirror. With that, I don't need nothing else to motivate me to live out this passage. Am I making sense today? I look at God's word, which is the mirror, and says when a duck quacks, it's a duck. When a sheep, eh, it's a sheep. When a dog go back to its vomit, it's a dog. When a pig rolls in the mud, it's a pig. Are you hearing what I'm just saying? And so when the behavior manifests itself and we see it according to the word of God, we're looking at the mirror of God's word. We didn't make it up. We can't move and deny what we see. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. Thank you for a very challenging passage. But the truth remains, you are still God. And God, no matter what, at the end of the day, we need to be loving. We need to be kind. We need to be forgiving so that we will have the ability to transfer what you've put in our lives into the lives of others. God, and that means you clearly said we need to avoid people who demonstrate and practice these particular behaviors. It's going to be very difficult to call a spade a spade. But God, your word is very clear. It shows us how we are to judge righteously. So God, help us to believe in your absolute truth. And God, you expect transformation, not perfection, but folk walking in the right direction. And God, help us to be sensitive and discerning in these particular times. God, help us to be careful not to push people away but draw folk to us. But God, give us the spirit of the sons of Issachar that knew their times and were able to tell the people what they should do based off those times. We thank you and praise you. We pray blessings uh, over this church, God. We pray blessings over the leadership. We pray blessings over the families. We give your name the honor we give your name the glory. We give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, all the people of God said, amen.